thank you to our show's sponsor, GoNative.co.nz. If you are sick of spending a ton of money on beauty products, then you should check these guys out. Uh, They are an online-only company that sources raw ingredients for skin and hair products so that you can buy the good shit super cheap. It's all natural, ethically sourced, and super easy to put together. So go and check out their easy-as-heck DIY kits at gonative.co.nz. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my god, you did not. <laughs> you pig. No, I did not. But you would never know because we're not actually face-to-face right now. Um, I'm in New York and Maddie is in... I'm in New Zealand. Um, and we are recording the final episode of our um, podcast. Every stupid question. Sad. <laughs> Would you say this is the longest, like, um, most drawn out recording process for a podcast that um, no one will listen to? Yes, absolutely. And it's like maybe like the longest I've spent, like the longest amount of time, but not actual time spent that yes. I've spent on something. <laughs> Like on, on like, uh, it's truly a passion project, but like just by default. Yeah. You know, like if I'm working on a project for myself, it always take like maybe three years. Cause like it just, I just don't like put pressure on myself to like achieve my dreams. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't even know you had secret projects, except that I do know about one, which I'd like to expose. Um, oh my God. Don't Maddie secretly me. records songs. Maddie, Maddie secretly writes <laughs> and records songs. And Maddie has performed one of the songs that she secretly writes and records for me and um it was the most beautiful thing i've ever heard voice of an angel and it was like big runger and then um she she um that spawned my um iconic tweet um with 11 likes which says um where do you look when someone plays you the guitar because you were looking me dead in the eye while you played the guitar to me (laughs) and i was i was like what where do i look (laughs) like i was looking everywhere around the room like Oh, this is interesting. All of a sudden, this painting on your wall. <laughs> you would do like, no, actually, I think what you did is you lay back and you stared at the ceiling. It was a beautiful moment. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a great thing to that's do. That's like how, like how we used to talk about like what um you do with your hands while someone's going down on you, <laughs> and you suggested finger guns or the thinking pose, the thinking where you have one hand boy, under your chin, boy. like it's like we're like it's like it's like what everyone wants to do their with their hand all the time anyway, you know. So like, why not do what's most natural? <laughs> Imagine you're going down on someone, the most intimate uh, thing that you can do, and then you uh, look up and they've got um, like tick. Thumb under there's a Nike tick, yeah, like just cradling the attention. <laughs> so hot. it is the oh my god, I do that way too much. Um, my auntie is like telling me about how like she's got like three kids, but one of them's like twenty one, and one's like nineteen. I think it's the nineteen year old's got this friend who like always does the V with the tongue in every photo, and she's like, man, she does. Everyone it. goes through a phase. Yes, and she's like, she's gonna regret like every photo she's taken this year because every single photo is like. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, actually, there was a time I would never do that. Now it's like the most like disgusting thing you could do. Like how? And then like the thing how like freely we used to just chuck that in there. <laughs> it's disgusting. It feels yeah. it feels good to do. It feels like empowering, but I don't. I'm wondering if it's like okay. Hear me out. Is it the same thing as like how we used to say gay all the time as like a derogatory term that but but it was like also a, just a turn of phrase like oh that's so gay and now like does, is this not synonymous with like lesbianism? That's 
Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is it's really. Is that is that a thing for you, or do you just think it's a cool sign? I just think it's just like licking the vagina, <laughs> but also maybe it is. I mean, it probably is because like we did it at the age when we were almost fucked, and so everything probably was the worst that it could have ever been. And so I just want to apologize for everything I did from ages maybe 12 to I'm going to go right up to 20. <laughs> Those whole eight years. I I'm love sorry. that. And while we're on apologies, we can do um, like any corrections corners that we want to do for previous episodes of the, the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Who wants to start? Me. I don't have anything to apologize for. I feel strongly that everything that I said represents who I am truly as a person. I've recently listened back because it's been about six months since we recorded them. But I feel absolutely fine about everything I said. Oh. Um, I honestly couldn't stand by it more. And if you have a problem with me, please don't tell me because it will crush me. Like, do not at me. Do not get in touch with me. Rather, just like, please keep it to yourself. Um, I can't take internet abuse or I also can't take like confrontation yeah um what about you okay so okay let's have a look i wrote mine down um corrections corner okay i sound really narcissistic and like i love myself <laughs> i don't guys it's a front i hate myself <laughs> oh, no, no, no i actually do love like, myself you should love yourself no i yeah. do love myself actually yeah but it just comes across really um it's meant to be, it's a joke you know it's like <laughs> i mean like i do love yourself i think you do have to like love yourself i think i truly believe that you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else you know um and like i can't remember somebody told me that when you when i was like um fuck when i was like 10 and i was like oh that's kind of weird and i think that's actually really important because otherwise you um are maybe you know like using somebody to fill a void and it's just gonna maybe i don't know lead to codependency um, but then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But then maybe you learn to love yourself, you know, with the help of somebody else. Um, so, yeah, I sound like a massive douchebag. But just, you know, it's all, I'm just joking. Yeah, I hate myself just as much as the next guy, guys. <laughs> and I also, make, I also sounded like I have heaps of sex and get with heaps of guys. I get with no guys. I have no sex. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's bad to have, like, heaps of sex, but, like, like I made it sound like I was, like, across. huh? You have, like, personality dysmorphia. I think you sound great and lovable. Or maybe I have it for you. And maybe you are a narcissistic piece of shit. But I feel like when I listen to it, I just like, you know, fell in love with you all over again. I found oh, it I know. really, it actually... really funny. And obviously it's a joke podcast and we're being silly. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Let's put it under the comedy section. No. <laughs> but also like there is a massive clash in the culture of like the self-deprecating like Twitter thing of like, I have depression and I want to kill myself and I hate myself. And then also like the kind of like love yourself you you know you are who you are and if people don't like it they can get a life it's like there's kind of a there needs to be an in-between of that yeah absolutely. because um, we all are secretly like you know embarrassed of who we are as people yeah i know it's like things are hard enough as it is um if you're not putting yourself down all the time so i try not to do that but then like cynicism is cool i'm a huge bitch as well fuck god <laughs> um but then and then the other thing i was going to say is um i felt really awkward when we asked i when i asked rosie where she was from in the first episode oh that's interesting these I are like, the I things that like never do that now i'm like i'm literally yeah, a different yeah. person i was like where are you from i mean i know i'm like half asian so it's like kind of okay but i still would never do it you know i don't know i felt weird about it so sorry about that guys it's, just tell him to cut it and we can just erase the past yeah i know maybe you should erase it but maybe it's cool that 
I'm just acknowledging it now, you know. But all that's also erase it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's about growing. I mean, like I I looked back and I couldn't believe how many big words I was trying to like shoehorn. Then there it is again into the conversation, and I kind of sounded like. I hear Bo and Yang doing it a lot on the Las Culturistas podcast, which like, I love that podcast, but I hear him doing that. I'm like, you don't need to use big words for people to like, you know, want to listen to you. I mean, the podcast is called Every Stupid Question because we're stupid. So I, I don't know why I was trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I just don't use big words ever because I've got a bad vocab. <laughs> it's because I was smoking weed the whole of high school. <laughs> You were naughty at high school. That's one of my um. That's one of my questions. Okay, so basically, we were thinking that for today's episode, we would just do like a kind of um, I don't know, like, I guess we've had guests on the podcast, right? You know, like we've had some really cool people come on, but then um, we were thinking like maybe we should ask each other some questions to close it out and just talk about like what we've learned retroactively and um, just kind of see who each other are. In case you guys don't know. Well, like, yeah, totally. I feel like um, over the um, um, period of our friendship, <laughs> but like we, 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 I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's interesting stuff about, like, I learned a lot from Simone and, you know, I, maybe she's learned some stuff from me uh, <laughs> and we had some interesting conversations and I think they'd be cool to share. So like, you know, it's like we're experts on some stuff too. Like, and Simone's quite interesting. She's like done, um... Uh, God, I I should know this. She's she studied creative writing. Yeah, maybe we need to like yeah like talk about what each other like get up to. But I mean, I can do your bio and you can do my bio, or we can both um just like not do our bio. <laughs> um, and then I'm interesting just for no reason. So, <laughs> but we're still gonna interview me because uh, I love me. Remember? <laughs> I mean, people would probably assume that. I'm an expert at like social media stuff, um, which is kind of true. I used to be like a blogger when I was young, which was kind of interesting, um, which means That's like really I just literally didn't do anything. I would like just write dumb articles on my really ugly web page and then people were interested because there were no other bloggers in New Zealand. So I, like <laughs> it was just stupid. But, you know, like I was like quite involved in the fashion industry and I guess people are interested in that. Not so much really anymore. I'm kind of trying to move on from that stuff a little bit, but it's still like something I go between being really passionate about like kind of hating but that's all good I think that everybody probably has that with your career and then I'm working on a couple of little things you know um my own little things and I'm Chinese as well and like that's kind of interesting I'm half Chinese and someone's uh Jewish which is really interesting I want to ask you about what were you like at school oh we were talking about this last night I was a massive bitch at school now I'm I was like kind of medium like I was really I was part of a really bitchy group and so um I was kind of like just surviving in a way like I Mm. um I don't know like I wasn't mean to people who I didn't know you know like I wasn't like a bully to anyone for no reason I was actually like quite nice to people who I saw uh, that were pretty you know like I don't like, you know, I wouldn't be like the nerds or whatever, but you know, like somebody who's like maybe like not like super cool and like maybe shy, I'd always like, you know, like make sure that they were all good because I was powerful and confident kind of thing, you know, like I could have 
in parties whenever I wanted. Uh, my mum was a flight attendant, so she'd buy me cool clothes from overseas and like would try and like make up for her not being there by buying my love with clothing as well. <laughs> and I'd go away like four times a year to like San Francisco and like just go on massive shopping sprees and come back with like a whole new wardrobe and shop to Mufti Day just like fucking killing it. <laughs> and so like that's when, you know, like clothes and parties and, and like a little bit of sass just equals cool, I guess. And like, you know, like I was like skinny and like pretty, whatever. Um, sorry, that sounds so myself, but like, you know, like I wasn't. I'm dying. I'm actually dying. <laughs> this could not be more, like, could not be more unrelatable and it could not be more what I imagined that you were like. But it's crazy to just hear somebody who is from a cool group at school just talk about their experience. Yeah. Because like, I feel like everyone who does podcasts is like, I was a nerd. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and they're like, yes. And like, I got beat up at school and yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not you at all. Yeah, nah. I mean, I got bullied. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, like, you bully each other all the time. Even though I was like, cool. I remember one time I had a party and I came to school on Monday and like all the girls had, um, at the party on the Friday and then on Monday nobody was talking to me because um, they had just decided that they didn't want to be my friend anymore but they still wanted to come to my party. So I showed up to school Monday after my party <coughs> and just didn't have any friends. I had to go eat my to- my eat my lunch in the toilet. So like I still ate had- my toilet on my own. You know what? You are probably scared by that and you should literally go to a therapist about it because that sounds like the most traumatic thing that could ever happen and the highs and the lows of your high school experience are truly shocking to me. Like mine was just like, oh. I'm going to go to school today. Uh, go home and eat toast and sandwich. Like, I didn't have anything like that. That's dramatic. Oh, yeah. There was always stuff like that. But, we, the, you know, that would happen all throughout the group. You know, another girl would get with someone's boyfriend and then they would be, you know, extradited. <laughs> and so, you know, it was just like constantly going on. Extradited. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, you got extradited. How did you get back in? Um, I started hanging out with this one chick who kind of was still talking to me, was sort of in the group, but she was real naughty. I went and hung out with her after school that week a couple of times. She was just crazy. Like, she was just, like, walking down the street, like, smashing shit, taking people's mail and stuff. And, like, just one of those kids was just so naughty. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not the life for me. <laughs> oh, my God. She was like, man, she was so naughty. She ended up, like, getting in heaps of trouble. I think she got expelled. Um, and so I had to hang out with her for like a couple of days. That was kind of rats. And then I slowly, you know, there were always some nicer girls in the group, slowly like worked my way back in. Um, I was probably going to have another party in a few weeks. So they obviously knew that they couldn't keep it up for too long. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like, I would forever remember how mean they were to me and I would never trust them and I would just hate them for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I know, but like you always, you, you all do it, you know, like yeah. a week goes by and it's just somebody else and everybody forgets. But yeah, so wow. I was like, cool. Like, yeah, I was cool. Um, and then I was pretty naughty. Like I have a kind of like alt learning style. Like if I put my mind to stuff, I can sort of get it. But like, I just don't like, um, I'm not like, I was very middle of the road and I just found school really boring and like. What, like academically, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like I wasn't good at English yeah. and I wasn't good at math and I, you know, like. Um, but I was just good at socializing, just making friends. And, uh, yeah. And then, um, so I didn't really go to seven form and randomly did an arts degree after school and then didn't really like that. And then I just did a business degree. And the thing is like, by the time I got to uni, I just started blogging and doing fashion stuff, but it worked out for the best. Cause like I was basically yeah. working, you know, making money from it from then on. So it worked out, you know, from people approaching you to like advertise stuff on the, on your blog. Yeah, totally. Um, just like random stuff like that. Just like post to do posts and stuff and like just go to like do different, like, I don't know, how was I making money back then? Sometimes I'd do photo shoots and do like a bit of modeling stuff. Um, yeah. And then 
like just more and more of that stuff while I was at uni and I just did like random stuff I'd have event like make put on events that like you know I'd organize it and like do the guest list I put on like a, a comedy night once with like Huffa the launch of their new season I've got all these comedians to perform because like that's what I was into <laughs> now I'm not as relevant because I'm not that passionate like hardcore into it and there's heaps of other bloggers but like back then I was doing heaps of stuff like that so it's cool I was gonna say like I have another question here that says you know like what is your feeling about fame having seen it like very up close like obviously you like as you were saying achieved a level of like I don't know what the good version of notoriety is like you know celebrity and then also like you're close friends with a lot of people who are like very much in the public eye and like you've spent so much time around you know people who are famous what is your like feeling about it at this point is it something that you want is it something that addictive is it something that you want you know I won't put words in your mouth yeah yeah um I definitely don't I think um now it's a terrible thing to be honest like I don't want it and um I think it is really addictive like I think that you know because at the end of the day like if you're famous in any way shape or form so like even I get it to an extent in a tiny way compared to like um some of my friends who are uber famous and some of them who are like medium New Zealand famous you know (laughs) and then Mm. um then like it only ever I reckon um creates um badness to be honest like um yeah I just think that uh, like you basically if you reach any level of fame you can just like I mean you can trust people but like the less people you can trust you know like nobody like my friends who are kind of a little bit famous I uh just just the way you know you sit there and like you just watch people who are your really close friends just completely transform in front of them and you're just like like lose themselves absolutely and the music the moment everybody does it like and it's just disgusting like they just turn into these like everybody does it they're just like these crazy crazy people and you're just like oh my god like you're my like friend please don't do this because i'm embarrassed for you and i also like hate that you know like you watch them do that you're like i want to get as far away from it as i possibly can you know Mm -hmm. except for doing like a podcast that we're hoping people would listen to yeah for sure for sure yeah i mean like this thing like there's there's a certain level of like um being able to create things and share them with people like what we're doing now and Mm -hmm. that's cool but um I don't know and like being able to do that's the thing like you you know like with a lot of the things that I want to do and like things that I'm actually passionate about you know it involves like you know you get a real like um rush from being able to share things with people and get feedback and stuff but I've been in so many situations where I've been um just hurt by people and because Mm -hmm. they care more about a famous person than they do uh actual friendship you know? Yeah, I can imagine that would happen all the time because it yeah. turns people against each other. Yeah, it's real. It's right. like it's very divisive. I feel like that's why not to talk about myself, but like I feel like that's why when I like thought about my career goals, I like to have conversations on like really not like global levels, but I like to communicate with like large groups of people. You know, like I'm very extroverted, yeah. and I like to hear a wide range of opinions and just have discussions. And so I feel like that's a cool thing about fame is that you can connect with so, so many, many people. people, and like yeah. you can make so much money. Like there are so many advantages to it, and you get absolute adoration from some people, which is really cool. But like that 
seems quite hollow like I that's why I wanted kind of to become a writer is that you can still spark conversation explore ideas on like a big in a big sense but then also like you don't have to be the face of it like yeah. I just I don't need people on the internet talking about like my moustache like please don't I, don't I don't I don't want I don't want that at all and I don't want to open myself up to that and like when I see the comments that people get on the NZ Herald um Facebook <laughs> I am um, I want to go to New Zealand and I want to commit genocide. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, actually, it reminds me of something that happened recently, like, um, with um, Albert, who's, like, he does this Instagram called Eat Lit Food. And um, he... I love that Instagram so much. It's so, it's so intense, man. He's just, like, so intense. But it's, like, great. Like, that's just Albert, you know. And he's, like, 21. He's just a kid. He's just, like, being sassy and being 21, you know. And then... Um, like all this shit that shit happened with that um, bagel shop and everybody just started just being so racist and do you know what it's exactly what happened with um, James when he started going out with Ella and everybody mm-hmm. found out everybody just started fucking hurling racist comments at him and I'm like that's just what like happens yeah. and it's all laying dormant like all these people follow them happily enjoy the content that they put out and then as soon as they find something to get angry or offended about or even like they don't and they just pick something they are monsters yeah. and i saw that happen to him and i was like he's gonna have to deal with so much of that if he's gonna take like strong stances or put himself in the public eye that's gonna be the rest of his life and you can tell it upset him so much as it rightly would and should and as it like he should not be receiving like any of that but it's so like it's so inevitable at this point. yeah i mean like, that's the thing with albert's like he's been crazy and he's like obviously like putting people down like putting like food places down or whatever so it's like there's always going to be but with james it was crazy because like james literally just was having a girlfriend <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> just like, existing and it, yeah it was just like that was like kind of like not it was justified yeah that what happened to um albert but it was like james is just literally <laughs> just having a girlfriend <laughs> that was crazy but yeah. um yeah so that all comes with um that sort of thing as well which is also really rats um that's good because that really answers my question about um my next question which was what makes you mad and i feel like like knowing you th- those are like some things that make you really mad you know like people being shitty on the internet people changing and not being good and loyal friends and like all of that stuff do you feel like that answers that question too? Yeah, totally. The thing is, like, I like being able to do all the stuff that I love doing and having, like, a decent following and stuff, it just facilitates that, you know? And it, like, means that I can get social work and it means I can get paid, kind of, like, proves to people that are hiring me that I'm good at what I do. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is, like, do stuff that I like doing and, like, have enough money to hang out with, like, my same stupid bogan mates that I was friends with in high school and them think that I'm normal enough to want to hang out with and then just have enough money to go and go away with them and just get drunk you know <laughs> literally like you know, oh like, my god I love that you call them bogan are they bogans maybe they're bogans they are kind of bogan like they're just disgusting losers but that's the thing I can like, happily live my life hanging out with those people every day forever I don't really care about like, all the uh, other stuff but like you know you're just going to have a certain level of like interestingness to actually have a conversation with your friends you know when you see them and you've actually got to make a bit of money i also have like other questions such as like this one says do you ever feel like it's all pointless and then this other question says do you believe in god and it's like those are large questions and i think that we don't have time we are already way over time so maybe let me move us on to um the questions that i got from the new yorker magazine about getting to know someone wait can i just piss really quick are you going to go piss? I'm busting. 
Go piss. I'll stay here and I'll, um, what's it called? Fill up. <laughs> While she's gone, I'd like to just tell you that I'm listening to this great podcast at the moment. It's called, um, it's called Worst Idea of All Time. It's made by two amazing dudes, Tim and Guy. Imagine me promoting their podcast. Well, that's ridiculous, you say. They made it ages ago. It was one of the most successful podcasts ever made, and definitely in New Zealand. But the reason is that it's been re-released. Um, you know, wherever you get podcasts, go right now and subscribe to The Worst Idea of All Time. Because let me tell you, they're re-releasing every episode every day, and it is actually changing the way that I live. When I see that a new episode of that pod has dropped, I feel a rush of joy in my heart. Now, I'll be honest, it's the first time I've ever listened to it, which is why I'm really enjoying it so much. But I feel like a, a round two listen would be to? sick as well. Um, I'm just telling the, the the listeners about this podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time that's being re-released at the moment. Um, every day a new episode comes out, and I'm listening to it for the first time, and I think it's really cool. So, Oh, mate. Go check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. It's um, so funny. Oh, I, also thought I bitched of, about you as well. I just realized that I also sounded really selfish before talking about how I just want to hang out with my Bogan mates all the time. And I actually also, the other thing that I've been thinking about probably over the last couple of years is that I want to make the world a better place. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that, but that's what I want to do in terms of my job. Okay, that's really unrelatable. I'm happy to leave it like exactly as it was. Like nothing that I do is going to change the world, so I might as well just like, not hedonistically, but I might as well just like, you know, like know a couple of people and just have a good time. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, I can't, see, I I can't do like... anything to change it. And if by coincidence I change something for the better, then cool. I'll probably try not to have kids, but <laughs> yeah. I'll probably have My sister anyway, and I you know? both have the same hang up of like, we actually think that we can change the world, and my parents get really annoyed by it. We're always like, nah, like, I'm going to change the world. Like, it's just going to be way too hard, but my, we're just going to do Same. it. You know? My dad calls me a raving socialist lunatic because of the like crazy, crazy spiels that I'll go on every time our family gets together. Yeah. They'll just listen and be like, you're a fucking idiot. You're so naive. And I'm like, nah, I, I'm woke. I'm from New York. Um, so how do you think you'll die? Ooh. Um, I'm not afraid of death. I've never understood that. Are you afraid of death? I can't wait. It's going to be so relaxing. Who cares? If you're dead, you're dead. I'm afraid of, like, almost dying. Yeah, dying is scary. Because, like, I feel like it's going to happen. Oh, this is going to be so haunting if it does. But, like, any day now from a car, like, going the way it's supposed to go and me looking the wrong way, you know? Okay, yeah. Like at the end of Mean Girls. But she doesn't die. That's the thing. That's, I'm afraid of, like, the not dying oh, yeah. bit. Like, if I if something horrific happens to me and I'm still alive, I'm like, fuck and I go through all this pain. <laughs> you would be such a better friend if you were a vegetable. I would love that for you. I'd be like, Maddie, let's I know. hang out. Like, I'd still be shake. <laughs> I'd still be shake, right? Yeah. I'd come and feed you and, like, you know, like, nurture and nourish you. And, like, it would be chill. And I'd speak for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, so, good. that's so nice to know. Um, how am I going to die? Fuck, I don't know. Like, probably, like, um, I'll probably be, like, pretty old and... Um, you know, it would be quite peaceful, I imagine. It'll be, it'll be alone. So my husband would have already been like already died, or I still have not gotten a boyfriend. <laughs> you know, I've got family. Like I'm definitely gonna have kids. I'm lo- I'm, you know, but like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Cool that you know you're gonna have kids. I feel like no one would want to have kids with me. Yeah, I have so many problems. I've got like bad eyes, flat feet. Um, I've got like 
weird teeth where like none of my teeth fell out until um, I had to have them all pulled out. You know, I just got like some issues. I need to find somebody who's like very genetically stable who would be willing to breed with me. And I would just like, conceal the truth until it was too late. And then they would sue me like that famous case, you know, where he had ugly kids because she'd had so much plastic surgery. And so he sued her. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That happened. Yeah. Can you believe it? So you got into blogging way before like anyone else in New Zealand, right? You and your bestie were like, fuck it, let's do it. But how did that actually happen? Well, um, really just like started writing blogs because like I was into like, um, uh, what's like, you know, like the chick fashion toast and, um, like actually a few of my friends were into that stuff as well. Fashion toast. And there was like Brian boy and stuff. And I used to think that they were quite cool. And like, I was really into Tumblr. And so I just like started all these blogs. Like I, they would probably be still be out these real tragic blogs. <laughs> And so I tried to start some with my friends and stuff and when I was really young. And then um, I met Kath when I was like 19, 20. And Catherine was a blogger and she blogged with this guy, Isaac, who is eek, not a good guy. <laughs> um, but, oh, no. um, you know, like we won't talk about him because, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Anyway, so they were like real good bloggers. And then um, I just started hanging out with Catherine. And I think Isaac had moved to New York about that time. And so like me and Kath started hanging out like all the time. And, um, just like doing, like going to all the events and stuff, like all the fashion events and then writing about them and like going to fashion week and like writing about it and stuff. And like, I don't know, I think, yeah, and there weren't that many young blogger girls doing that, but there's obviously a huge interest in it. You know, think about when you were like 19, you're like, oh my God, what's going on at New Zealand fashion week? I want to see. <laughs> we would post about it in like a kind of, you know, in that like more like approachable kind of way. And so, um, I just used to get all the work and then more and more bloggers started to coming about and I kind of like, as I do. I just sort of half was still half-assing it because I half-ass everything, and uh, it, they kind of just really just went, just overtook me, you know. <laughs> it's so funny because like everything that you're saying matches up so well with what Louise Wallace was saying about making your own luck, and even though so much of that plays into the bootstrap myth, it's also in your case very true. You didn't know what you wanted to do, so you just kind of went out there and found out, and you did really well at it. But then, like, uh, at the same time, I feel like any success that I have in life is meaningless because I have so much privilege that I benefit from every day that it's not even success because it was just like, if I didn't succeed, that would be crazy with what I was given. But at the same time, you know, you're talking about doing good stuff in the world. So that's probably what I should be trying to do with my time. I'm, I'm not gonna. <laughs> But I, sh I should be. <laughs> but it's good to know what I should be doing, yeah. for sure, for sure, for damn sure. So um, that's very interesting. That's very cool. I have, like, a couple questions here, and you can tell me if any of these appeal to you. Some things you would change about your childhood, things you and your partner will have to have in common, or um, is there something that you've dreamed about doing that you haven't done yet, and why? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if I was changing about my childhood, it was probably just – spending less time getting fucked up like I was just so naughty and I was getting drunk and shit all the time from such a young age like I was just naughty I was so rebellious my sister was a really bad influence on me and so like I just started doing that shit when I was really young and um mm. but you know like you know and so I was just like but you know that like, you're like cool but like like also I feel like maybe wasn't very good for my brain but that's all good didn't the police used to like drop you home at your house sometimes yeah. like that was a normal way for you to get home from a night out <laughs> no like, I used to oh, go and like I used to go and like steal like, like my sister went to Dunedin and I used to like steal her car at night time and go and, like joyriding with my friends well not joyriding I was just like go just driving around and like go to visit my friends houses and stuff and we're just like you know like when you're young it's like just fun to be in a car and it was just so illegal and um often I would get 
pulled over by the police, obviously, because I was a really, really good driver. And I'd be like in my pajamas, like, you know, those pink spotty pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'd be like wearing that. And, like, I was like probably like real short, like driving. And there would be like, <laughs> was this car full of girls in their PJs. And so they would pull me over and then I'd, yeah, I'd gotten so many. Well, that's so New Zealand's favorite pastime, isn't it? Just like kind of driving around and then like going to bed. Yeah, and be like, okay, it's like four. maybe going to McDonald's. Yeah, we'll like, go to McDonald's or yeah. like KFC. Yum. So naughty. Yeah. yeah, so I'd be not a little shit. Like I'm not gonna let my kids do any of that stuff. Eh? I'm gonna be so strict. <laughs> and, and then what were the other questions? Oh yeah, what would you and your future partner have to have in common? Without question, this would be a deal breaker for that inevitable. Um, I think like the one big thing is just well, there's two things I guess like humor and then um just like ability to just have real long intense conversations about like feelings <laughs> all the mm. time because that's all I do it's like how do you really feel oh you would be an amazing lesbian I'm like sad for you mm. I feel like you're like it's so hard to find men who are just like down to do that you know yeah absolutely um that's kind of like the problem that I run into like every time I'm dating a guy it actually happened recently I was like seeing this guy and it's just like if I you know I was like really stressed at work and like I was just like talking about being real stressed and I explained this really long sort of like scenario um to him about like how you know like I was talking to you before and um he just like didn't have anything to say he was like oh that sounds so rad um you know sorry and I was like oh this is not going to work <laughs> like, I need you to just like absolutely analyze like every single person I mentioned in this whole story and why they what happened in the childhood <laughs> and it's why they were the, why, my why they parents were the my parents have become one person because they spend literally all their time together and so they like don't have that problem anymore because they experience the same thing constantly mm. so they don't have any like stories to tell each other about the shit that's happened in their day because like they're like yeah i was there so you know like that's a good solution to that <laughs> no, that's so funny. have no other friends other than your partner yeah but the reason i'm like this is because my dad my dad is a yana man like he talks so much about feelings and talks so much about um dreams and aspirations and all that sort of stuff and i'm exactly the same as him we've got the exact same personality type so i'm like as much as guys Sweet. aren't like that often obviously some guys like that because my dad's exact, like we just sit there and talk about stuff for hours it'll go on till you know the early morn <laughs> and so so, so weird nice. to like think just want to be like your dad but like yeah probably someone like my dad yeah we talk a lot actually a lot of talking so and, and like my mum and dad have pretty good conversations sometimes when they're not screaming at each other <laughs> yeah they, they they spend more time apart so they probably have more to catch up on absolutely yeah so that's interesting Thanks again to our sponsor, Go Native New Zealand. If you haven't visited their website yet, I think you're criminally insane and I will be prosecuting you in a court of law. Go check out Go Native New Zealand. They've got all the raw ingredients you need to make your own beauty products at home and at wholesale prices. That's gonative.co.nz. Let's get on with the show. My parents had to start like seeing their personal trainer separately because they were like, this is the one hour of a day that we'll be apart. And so then they started fighting because, well, actually the reason why they decided to do it was because they, they were fighting over like, um, Chanel, the personal trainer, like giving one more attention than the other. And they both believed that like the other one was getting more attention. So they decided to have their time separately. And then because my dad would go first, he would use up all their stories of the week. And then my mum would have nothing to talk to him about. So they had to agree on what stories they were allowed to tell him from their week. And they like split them. Like he was their child. 
of divorce. <laughs> it's like, they're like, you date this weekend and I'll date next week. I it's pretty weird. Um, um, yeah. Okay, cool. That's like, you know. I mean, I think we covered like every part of my personality who I am, but like nothing really. Oh, I guess we did a bit of blogging stuff and social media. Yeah, so I'm basically, I'm pretty boring. Um, I'm getting my period at the moment, so I hate myself and I hate everything in the world. So that's why I'm being so down by FYI. <laughs> Same. I just feel like I'm being really boring and shit. Like I had the worst day today. I like literally this this afternoon went to my brother's apartment and he fed me this like cake that had weed in it. And then I realized I was like for work. So I got on the train and the train completely got stuck underground for 45 minutes. I was so late to teach the kids that I'm I'm teaching creative writing at the moment to little kids. I was so late when I got there and drenched with rain. And then I think that the drugs hit me and like actually it probably made me a better teacher like we had some really interesting and engaging work together and um what did you see bro then like so fucked up and unprofessional i'm so sad that (laughs) happened to me so i just like that threw off my day you know yeah that's i can't believe that happened that's actually something that's ridiculous so um you had such good questions actually can i ask you some of them back yeah. Okay. Tell me a bit about how you realized that you liked writing and wanted to be a creative writer. Oh, uh, well, I mean, like, I didn't know when I was at high school that there was such thing as, like, script writing. Like, I don't know who I thought was writing shit, but I certainly did not put it together. And then I kind of write scripts at home on my own of TV shows that I liked, imagining what if I wrote an episode of Citizens of friends or something Mm -hmm. and then I went away for a year to Israel after I finished high school had all these crazy experiences and I came back and I like actually had something to write about so I started turning those into scripts and then I got a job working at South Pacific Pictures at my um, as my first job my mentor there he read one of my scripts and was like oh I think you should apply for grad school in New York because he had mentored someone else to go there as well so after I finished my undergrad then I went and studied dramatic writing in New York and then that I don't know yeah that's just like we had to write like six scripts every semester we wrote plays screenplays tv pilots um short films uh sketches all that shit like the show sketches See, we have so much in common, like fashion meets like (laughs) writing, you know, like that's, that's a crazy connection. I could just feel like synapses going off in my brain. I don't know what to say. It's so hard to talk about yourself. I hate it. I don't know. That's how I got into writing. I just like accidentally fell into it. didn't know it was a career and then somebody told me it was and I just started doing it. Wait, what did you study undergrad? Uh, Cinema studies and, um... I just watched a million films. Oh, okay. So you don't you didn't do writing for undergrad, you just did cinema studies. I did, I did. I took a bunch of writing classes as well. Oh, okay, so cool. like I was getting more and more into it and that's how I like developed those scripts that then my mentor read. Oh me. Cool. That's so cool. And then like now you still love it? It was cool. Yeah, I like it. But it's just like it's really um kind of unreliable in terms of like where your next check is going to come from and when you're going to you're going to have heaps of really sick work and then you're going to have nothing for ages like mm-hmm. when I was home in New Zealand I what's that big noise New York you know I like wrote on the New Zealand Music Awards and the New Zealand TV Awards and that's a job that you would never get to do in America and then I came here and I'm like you know hello and everyone's like no so now I'm teaching creative writing while I'm looking for like my next gig basically yeah you know I had some like cool gigs last time I was in New York and when I was in LA but it's just all about networking and I fucking hate that yeah it's the shittest 
part of being alive. Yeah, have you been having to do that now? Yeah, but I'm not really doing it. Yeah, I don't really like shit either. I'd rather just not, and then if something happens, then maybe it will happen. But I'm just writing all the time. Like, I write, get up early in the morning, and I write till three, and then I go to work. Wow, that's really good. That way, if something comes along, I'm, like, ready, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is the dream kind of, like, for you to have one of your scripts made into a blockbuster movie, and you'd be able to pick all the people? Yeah, a TV show or something, because I think the writer's room is the funnest place to work in the world. But I want to run it, and um, I want to pick which ideas I like, and I want to embarrass people who pitch, like, shit (laughs) stuff. You're like, I hate it! (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, I think that would be awesome. But mostly I kind of want to just pursue little passion projects. Like, I mean, Maddie and I made this web series called Mum together, where we just got seven different young people who had recently like moved back in with their parents to impersonate their mums. And it's actually probably my favorite thing of anything I've ever made or written. Cause I think it's beautiful and it's really low budget, really chill, really cute. And we just put it on YouTube and it was so much fun to make and that's what I care about is what you enjoy creating and then if people like it that's cool too yeah totally and if that means that all the other stuff comes with it okay but like you know if that's what has to come with it for you to be able to do the things that you really love doing then I guess you just have to deal with all the other stuff too yeah like um my doctor in New Zealand who I'm obsessed with he said that I asked him what the secret to long life is and he said well actually it's um having a passion because you know you see people who retire and then die because they stop doing the one thing that they were passionate about and good at and he said then he sees people who live like very diseased and shitty lives and it's because they never found a passion and so they just like their body just decided to give up <laughs> if, I'm not gonna credit that to his name because I he would never say that. He just said like that passion is the key to living a long life. And the minute that you stop pursuing your passion, your body just like doesn't know what it's meant to be around for anymore. Mm, absolutely, yeah. My granddad's like so old, and he's still kind of like working on things that he loves doing, and he's not going anywhere. And then at the same time, my grandpa was real passionate and hardworking, and then he died so young. So it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, true. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay what else i don't know what's something is there something like crazy and interesting about writing that people might be interested in and like what if somebody wanted to get into it what would you tell, tell them to do i don't know writers write so like if you want to be a writer don't message me on facebook take that energy and <laughs> sorry i get a lot of weird messages on facebook about it it's like go and write a script and then like see what you can do there are so many cool things to apply to and competitions that want to steal your money and then never get back to you and like uh i'm sorry i'm feeling a bit cynical about writing at the moment i'm like don't do it like no one wants to hear your ideas uh but like if you think you've got something that's worth making go out and make it is the thing that people always say because like that's what taika waititi did and he's literally the most lit person in new zealand because it's like he didn't wait for people to green light everything and like his like, crazy ideas. He just went and like found a way to make them a reality. I think that's really, really inspo. Um, and also um, people are afraid of like rewriting. And I find like I see that in a lot of other industries is like, you know, half of writing is rewriting, maybe more than half. And like writing a first draft of something is nothing. It's like very cool and it's very it feels like something but it's not anything and for it to be something that's worth people seeing you need to do so much more work on it and don't show it to anyone until you've done six rewrites at least also your first like 
you know, like 10 scripts will be shit. So just don't give up. Keep writing and keep getting feedback from people. Build a network and give generous feedback. Learn how to receive feedback without taking it personally. Your writing is not you. It's just like, you know, something that comes out of you and then you have a billion more ideas where that came from. Um, that's all I've got. That's my TED Talk. Mm, wow, that's really good advice. I'm so inspired by that. <laughs> actually that was a cool question do you have any advice for people like not that we sh- really must dish out advice right now but if somebody was thinking about getting into your industry do you feel like you could have anything that would be useful for them to hear um if you were like into bloggy stuff or writing stuff you just should, yeah do the exact same thing just start up a website start writing stuff putting it out there and then um i don't know just like get a job in the industry and then just kind of weasel your way in there <laughs> or you know just do like an internship and do all that sort of stuff yeah and then just back yourself you know go into a meeting and be like yeah i can do this woohoo i just constantly do things that i go and like accept jobs and put myself in situations where i don't think i can do it and then i can't do it and i'm like you guys are all idiots (laughs) oh man that's so cool yeah and that's what you just do and then you get money and stuff (laughs) yeah guys get money and stuff especially if you're a woman go get it yeah. and stuff because you know no one's gonna give it to you mm. no one wants to give you money you gotta get it don't steal but just get it <laughs> that's really not something really juicy that we can talk about that people are gonna like love you know maybe like growing up in new zealand like um and maybe being a little bit different um mm. and like maybe if that's something that you ever thought about are you talking about my, my mono brow <laughs> yes <laughs> like because like some mono brow um oh well i guess you went to a jewish primary school right so everybody was jewish so yeah. you're like normal with that. yeah there's like one jewish you know primary school in new zealand but there's like just no jewish people in new zealand i find that so crazy and like is that kind of why you went to new york because there's like heaps of jewish stuff going on there kind of like you know there's only like 4,000 Jews in New Zealand and most of them aren't affiliated with the like Jewish community. Um, so like my family were actually the first Jews in New Zealand. So like it's a, a kind of cool thing that we're proud of is like, you know, setting up the, the um, like Orthodox community here. My family's been really involved with it. So I grew up in synagogue and going on Jewish summer camps and going to like Sunday school, our version of that. And so that's called like a modern orthodox upbringing so i we don't have like the curls or like the big hat or anything like that we kind of we blend in you'd never know we're there but we're there and um we're we're taking your money um we basically like we aren't um we own the banks (laughs) yeah and hollywood (laughs) yeah But I don't think, like, I I liked being Jewish in New Zealand. I found it nice to be a bit different. Like, people were generally really nice about it and interested and engaged. And sometimes they ask stupid questions like, but if you don't eat pork, then what do you you have on Christmas? And I was like, fucking idiots. We don't have Christmas. But it's like, (laughs) that stuff's so cute. I love that stuff. Like, we had a kosher house and my friends used to be really worried and be like, you know, can I bring this into your house? Can I bring this in? And then my friend had, Blake, um, had just eaten uh, KFC and he was like, wait, can I come into your house if I have non-kosher food in my stomach? I was like, no, go home. (laughs) Um, But basically, like, it was kind of just seen as like, just an interesting thing that people had questions about. Uh, Also, you know, like, the thing about being Jewish is that you can often be like white presenting so um I've got Sephardic heritage which means that we're like 
somewhat Moroccan Jews. So we look a little bit more tan than the average bear, but I, I don't think I can understand the experience of being like other in New Zealand in the same way as people of color. Mm, yeah, that's my little spiel about it. Yeah. And I moved to New York because America is a good place for what I'm trying to do. But my parents low-key like really wanted me to meet someone Jewish. And so they really like that was their inspiration in sending me here. And um, I pretended that that was why I wanted to do it. But actually, I exclusively care about my career. And I never date Jewish men. Um, <laughs> it's the bane of their life. It's literally like they, I'm pretty sure they lay out like thinking about it every single night of their lives. And I'm like, <laughs> we am in New York. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah, is that? Um, yeah, I just can't. It's too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you about this, but you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But like, do you um, feel... Um, the pressure to um, be with a Jewish person because of your parents? Yeah, majorly. It's like a massive thing in my life. And like, I mean, my parents told me when I was young, like, you have to marry Jewish. Like, they, you know, that that was just a given. And I was told from the beginning. And so they, I think I've always had that hanging over me. And it's never stopped me from dating whoever I want. But like, I know that if I want them to be really happy, then that's what I would do. Also, like... People can convert. It's not a big deal, you know? I mean, it is. It's really fucking hard and it takes forever and you have to have, like, your foreskin chopped off. But, like, <laughs> other than that, it's, like, super chill and it only takes two or three years, like, minimum. Um, but, and also, you will be fully accepted once you have converted. That's a good thing about Judaism. They won't be like, but he's not actually Jewish, you know? But the thing is that, like, also, I just try to put it aside and just date who I like. Um, but sometimes I think I like, especially don't date Jews because it's what's expected of me. And I'm like, why is she's that? She's a rebel. You know? <laughs> she's a rebel. She's got a rebellious spirit. <laughs> That's so funny. Interesting. Yeah. Cause like I've been exposed to a bit of that kind of pressure, not really on me, but like my mum was expected to marry a Chinese guy and, um, mm-hmm. she didn't. And it, wow, made waves. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was it was really crazy, and I think um, as I get older, they actually really tell me honestly how much of a big deal it was, and um, yeah, it's pretty gnarly that shit. But you know, like I guess I don't know, like I don't. It's hard for like so you get it, but you don't. You know, it's like you kind of. I'm like I don't understand it. Like what you know, but i don't know it's crazy it's real what crazy. do you think is the reason why in both of our families there is this desire to stay within your own community like for me i think it's because our practices are so weird that it's like embarrassing to do the stuff that we want to do around people who aren't the same like we have the craziest traditions you would not believe some of the shit that we get up to behind closed doors it's cool to us and we sing these really weird hebrew songs and light candles and do crazy dancing and stuff but then just feels like when you have other people there suddenly you feel like the the gaze on you of like another person who's you see it through their eyes rather than just being able to experience it but that's what I like about dating people from different cultures is that it's interesting to see what goes on behind their closed doors and I like showing people what goes on behind my closed doors that helps you not take it for granted so I don't know is that the same for you do you think why people like to stick together yeah, I think that preserving the culture is probably part of it. I don't really know the true reason, <laughs> to be honest. Maybe, yeah, just keeping that shit alive. Um, yeah, because like my granddad's really involved in the Chinese community, and exactly the same. We were the first, some of the first Chinese to come over here, and like you know, they're all still 
full Chinese, all have married other Chinese people and stayed within the community. And they've kind of really worked hard on keeping that alive. My granddad puts a lot of time and money into the Chinese community and like um, he cares about it a lot. Well, does that make you want to date a Chinese person Mm. to like help keep that alive? Yeah, no, not really. (laughs) I know, what's with that? But I also understand that we have to respect the fact that they've seen so many cases where somebody will marry somebody from a different culture and then they will be absorbed and like, um, what's the word for like, um, when you become, hmm, I can't remember the word, but basically like get absorbed by the dominant culture, which is just white christian you know and then they don't come back because it's easier to live that way in new zealand and you have to work hard at like preserving your culture so in that way i'm like i understand like don't don't i know how you feel (laughs) yeah it's assimilate um yeah i think also maybe another thing that might have added to it was because chinese were treated pretty badly historically in new zealand and people are really fucking racist towards chinese people still so as we talked about before and so maybe that's also maybe has something to do with it you know yeah and like you know famously like jews have only been treated really well throughout history like we yeah (laughs) no like obviously i think it's the same thing it's like so much of being brought up in a culture of ours is learning about like all the horrible things that have happened to our people and then like they basically just want you to preserve it because everyone is constantly trying to destroy it and like yeah your your history of the chinese people being like you know um discriminated against in new zealand and america and around the world like it is crazy and my grandpa his like life's work was partly helping jews from the holocaust come into new zealand when every other country closed their doors and that's how we have survivors here in New Zealand today and that this is like the last generation of them like they won't be around if I have kids and so I I get it I get it you don't want all of that suffering to be for nothing Mm. and yet I just don't really yeah I just don't really like Jewish guys like um, (laughs) me so that's cool I'm open to it I just like that's not where I'm at right now oh actually you know the guy the boring guy that I was talking to that the, yeah yeah that i was going out with he was jewish you should have gone out with him. I know him he's fucking so good looking but like yeah really boring so maybe i don't know i don't know what's but his name like um should i name him on the podcast you guys went to school together oh, i guess not no yeah, okay yeah. well i really want to yeah, hear yeah. right after didn't work out he was fucking boring <laughs> i hope you're listening no <laughs> yeah i love those guys who you date in the past and then they end things and then still continue to check your story every single time you post one and it's like i don't understand like you ghosted me but you are one of my biggest engagers on social media of which i have very few you are one of the top ones it's like why are you obsessed with me literally like i wanted i named our children and like why so weird uh, yeah i know yeah (laughs) they was really good looking Hmm. okay so do we wrap this up fuck yeah is there anything you want to say to me or to new zealand um, I just want to say that um, thanks everybody for listening and I had a really good time making this and I hope you learned something and I hope you don't think that we're absolute psychos <laughs> um, and I mean yeah hopefully we'll be able to work on something again soon so this probably won't be the last time you hear from us maybe it will ah, mutz yeah, about yeah. productions that's what we call ourselves because I'm like the mutzer and she's the bow 
you know? Yeah. So maybe yeah. you'll see something from us in the future. Go watch Mum, our web series. Go listen to um, all the other cool podcasts from this um, network because there's no way that you aren't already listening to that. If you're listening to this, you've reached the bottom of the bowl. But I love the male gaze and I love Boners of the Heart and I'm really enjoying Worst Idea of All Time. And anyone who did listen, thanks. That's really cool. Um, this has been Every Stupid Question with... Maddie Bud and Simone Nathan. Cool, that's cool. That's Simone. She's Simone. I'm Maddie. Nah, I'm Maddie, and everything that I said, credit it to Maddie. <laughs> and at her on social media on her mean Twitter. Oh my god! Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Maddie Bud if you want to hear me ranting constantly. Oh <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter at Simone Nathan if you want to see like um, sad tweets get like 10 likes and then randomly one tweet get like 2,000 likes because my famous friend um, uh, retweeted them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The things I had to do to get those retweets you'll never believe. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Go Native New Zealand. Go Native, save your money and your soul by selling ethically sourced raw ingredients at wholesale prices. Check out their range of skin and hair care products at gonative.co.nz right now.